Hello, this is Brian Foster and welcome to our show, our presentation tonight, more about spiritism. Today we're talking about, again, the book Evolution in Two Worlds. We've been doing that for quite a few Sundays, actually eight Sundays. This is the ninth, we're on chapter nine, Evolution and the Brain. It's talking about how the brain has evolved in order to handle our spirit. Very interesting. Now remember, this book we get down into the nitty gritty of the spirit plane and the physical plane and how the spirit world, you know, had, had, you know, controlled evolution to get us where we need to be in order for spirits, fully functional spirits, well, spirits with, with blinders on, right? They're not fully functional. In the spirit world, you have a lot more capabilities, sight and senses, et cetera. But at least something that could be a vehicle, a vehicle for us to be ready to have spirits come into our physical bodies and go through our trials and tribulations on earth. Why? For us to improve our character as part of karma and reincarnation. It's the process. The earth is a campus. We are here to learn. We are here to remove our primitive emotions and to replace them with, with civilized emotion, love, charity, fraternity, and honesty. Now let's get let's get to it. This is a very, very good book. And I want people to enjoy this book. So this is chapter nine. Oh, before I begin, please subscribe, hit the bell, and hit the like button. It would greatly help us. Okay, chapter nine, evolution and the brain. This section is called Formation of the Cerebral World. In the blossom of time, the divine architects aid the fragmentary consciousness in the construction of the brain, that marvelous nest of the mind, which is in need of broader exteriorization. So again, they said the divine architect, that means People, spirits, who were like you and me at one time, a little bit immature, and then they rose in heaven, whatever planet they were on, and they became part of the professional, let's say, productive spirit world, and they were helping be part of the teams to, to uh, control the process where they created a human that can contain our soul, our spirit. I'll carry on. The mass of nerve cells that in the invertebrates precedes the formation of the cerebral, uh, the cerebral world gives way to the invagination of the ectoderm in the vertebrates, slowly building the interior vesicle or prosynaphalon, the middle vesicle or the mesphalon, I'm probably mispronouncing these words, and the posterior vesicle or the robencephalon must be parts of the brain. So they're all parts of helping those parts of the brain grow in order to, to do what we need them to do. In the fish, the cerebral hemispheres are still quite small. In the amphibians, they display encouraging development. And in the reptiles, they advance even further, configuring somewhat perfectly the aqueduct, aqueduct of Silvius. At this stage, the crown center of the future psychosoma, reflected in the pineal gland, starts to develop more concretely in the spiritual form. This pineal gland is already reasonably formed in certain lacertids, such as the rhinophilus of New Zealand, in which the embryonic pineal extends to the parental region, where it assumes the appearance of an eye with characteristic implements. Noteworthy zoologists regard the pineal gland as being an ocular globe discarded by nature. However, it is, and this is what this Descartes also said, it is there that the pineal activity begins to consolidate as an energetic fulcrum of subtle sensations for the manifestations and selection of the various mental states 
in the mechanisms of reflection, thought, meditation, and discernment. It is the prelude to its processes of conscious or unconscious mediumship by which incarnate and discarnate spirits communicate with each other on the same vibrational frequency, either for the magnificent creations of science, religion, culture, and art on the upward journey to God, or for the psychical association of a lower sort, or vulgar nature, where souls that are prisoners of the darkness are that are undergoing trials for each other to expiate their wrongs. So let's talk about the banal plan. So the little tiny thing, again, you know, Descartes said that's, you know, the, that's the, the channel to the soul. And, you know, other, G. Val Owen told, uh, spirits told the Reverend G. Val Owen, Penaglin, that is the, that's the way we, we connect to you. That is someone who has a, a well-constructed uh, penal gland is, has greater mediumship ability. Now, it's funny, I must not have a good one because every time I meet this pretty well-known medium in Brazil, he always takes my forehead, pushes me forward, and he kisses my forehead. He goes, this will help your penal gland. So <laughs> I must have a pretty small one because he always does that. And I kind of, when I get home, my wife and I laugh because, well, I must need a lot of help because uh, there are either they want, you know, to, for me to have better communication or something. But he does that to me every time we see each other, which is is quite uh, amusing. So it just shows he must, you know, they don't do anything without a reason. So, uh, again, you know, he tells it to me every time he sees me. So who knows? Uh, I'm always you know, subpar in, in so many things. And it's probably that, oh, I should have given a, a bigger one. In fact, okay, I'll go off tangent for a minute, is when my wife and ha I had our first communication with the spirit world, they wrote to us, and I've said this before, how we failed time and time again. And But the interesting thing is, they said this was done by the order of the Father, right? So it was, it, it was imitated that, I was part of this group to help spread spiritism by the order of, of, of someone high up. And, and they said it twice. And that to me seemed like, okay, if I've been a middle manager, so and I know in that meetings meeting we were on this certain team, and I've been a middle manager, and, and, and if I had a very senior manager says, oh, you have to have so-and-so on your team. And I thought to myself, well, he or she, you know, they're no good. They're just going to screw things up. But then you think about being a middle manager. You said, well, look, if things go wrong, I can blame the top manager. And, you know, I guess I have to accept it. And that's kind of why I felt that the message was where they, where they kind of hinted that, yeah, you're on the team and we don't know why. But anyway, so, and of course, now uh, it had to, kiss my forehead to, you know, help me get up to par. So we never know about these things. You just have to laugh about these things. Okay. So anyway, so many mediums on the Pinal gland are, and they're not spiritist mediums, and they're not really, a lot of them aren't even very religious. Now, I want to make sure everyone understands is that the level of mediumship the person is, the level of spiritual maturity, how much they study the spirit world, uh, meditate, you know, love God, love Jesus, uh, you know, uh, you know, love being good, that the higher they are in spiritual maturity, 
the higher the spirits they will communicate with, right? It, 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 like attracts like. So the law of affinity. So some of these people who are mediums are very good mediums, but they just you know never study anything. And so you have to watch that and, and decide for yourself because although the pineal gland is very robust, they don't they don't communicate with higher mediums. They communicate with uh, I mean higher spirits. They communicate with low spirits, maybe spirits that have never even been in heaven, spirits that are on the lower zone, and they'll tell them things they know because even lower spirits can see somewhat into the future and they can see things they can see into your mind and they, they can tell that medium things that will, uh, uh, you know, have you discover certain things that you didn't think anybody knew. So they would still be able to do some things, but they won't give you the top type of, of, uh, of help and, and guidance that you really need. You might be told little things like where to find a ring you lost. So keep, please keep that in mind. Okay. Let me go into, the next uh, section, the Grinsafala and the Lysenfala. The development of the cerebral hemispheres continues in the birds with significant cerebral portions. And in the mammals, we find an encephalon with an appreciable abilities, this displaying circumconvolutions and expressive increase in the area of the cortex. As the evolutionary scale advances, the volumetric percentage of the cerebrum decreases while the cerebral hemispheres increase. However, it should be noted that this phenomenon of progression is not related fundamentally to intelligence, nor is intelligence strictly proportional to the number of cerebral circumvolutions. Mammals, such as rabbit, kangaroo, platypus, or even certain primates, have a lysencephalic brain or a brain without circumvolutions. So, then he says these other areas obey the, the typifications devised by higher guides in the huge realm of the vertebrates, repairing the human brain with the stratification of slow and multiple experiments on the vast class of living beings. Like young children attending kindergarten to learn ABCs, discarnate higher-ordered animals would stand out from the psychophysical nucleus of evolution, in which they are grouped by symbiosis, receive the intervention of celestial instructors in special regions where their nervous centers are exercised. So he's telling us that they're, they're getting these higher order animals, maybe elephants, dolphins, and they're getting them ready as they go higher and higher to maybe someday become in, in occupy free willed uh, intelligent space. Then he says the factor of fixation. The neurons are born and are renewed millions of times on the physical and extra-physical planes in the structuring of experimental brains with more lively and ampler ingredients from the spiritual body when at work in the physical tissues until they emerge in definitive morphological units of the nervous system. So he's telling us that, as we said before, our, our spirit is connected to the perispirit, which is then connected to our body and it goes down to every cell in our body so this this crown center this intelligence center um also called uh the uh the area of the brain that controls everything else with the crown center does the intelligence center then this is getting more sophisticated as our as our paraspirit knows how to control this 
displaying a highly specialized morphology because it reproduces the structure of the psychosomatic cell more profoundly. The neuron is, complete micro, is a complete microscopic powerhouse composed of a cellular body with prolongations with a nucleus containing a nucleus and very little chromatin. Now let me show you uh, this four centers here before I... They're called four centers in in, uh, in spiritism, but they're chakras. So here's the crown, and uh, now in the chakras they call the third eye chakra, which is honors the psychic. Well, that's probably really where your pineal gland is, and then the crown center is your intelligence. And of course, in that is a little bit different. So. But the rest are the same, the root, the spleen, the heart, and the solar plexus, the, the digestive area. Okay, so, so these things, so your, your paraspirit, let me show you this picture then too, just to make sure we're all here on the same. So you can see the paraspirit, which the spirit is connected to the paraspirit, which is then connected to the body which connects to every cell in your body. So this is the thing to remember. We are always connected to the spirit world. We are never away from that. I'll carry on. The nucleus is surrounded by protoplasm, which contains the mitochondria, neural fibrils, the, Gol the Golgi apparatus, abundant melanin, and an ochre pigment closely related to the spiritual body, and which has a highly important function in the life of the thought, increasingly considerably in adulthood and old age. The nucleus also contains the substance, which spread throughout the psychoplasm and the dendrites, is invisible in the active cell, but easily recognizable with basic dyes. When the cell is properly fixated, this substance expressed in the so-called nissal granules, which may undergo chromatolosis, represents a psychical nutrient drawn by the spiritual body into the laboratory of the cosmic life through respiration during physical rest for the renewal of the fatigued and irreplaceable cells. So a lot was said there, but basically your brain is made to enable to you to communicate with a different dimension. Your brain is in, of course, your thoughts come in from other spirits. Other spirits can read your thoughts. They can give you inspiration, right? We're all, all um, intuitive mediums. We get intuition from people, but some mediums are more powerful. They hear voices, they see visions, they can see spirits, etc. But these are all, so this is how important is the brain. So when you hear this, really, I think the most important message to show is why do people put different chemicals in their body to change their brain you know when you have something like uh cocaine which kind of destroys you know your, your pleasure stuff you have to have more and more you never feel the same way if you try it from what i heard um on these other all you're doing is you're you're removing yourself from all your help you're removing yourself from spiritual guidance, you're removing yourself for, from easy communication with the other side, which we all need to have. And this, so you don't really want to uh, change these things. I mean, you know, a glass of wine or something like that is fine, but to be to, to be blotted out drunk or 
to be completely lose your you know your um, control of your body is not a good idea your brain was created for a purpose and that is to encapsulate your own thoughts and your own personality so you can rewire it and then send it back to your you know connect to your your spirit all the time and it then it's also make sure that your spirit can connect through your paraspirit to your body they also want you to communicate with other spirits which is not an easy thing right how many people are mediums what percentage of people that are actually mediums and have have visions and hear voices not that many now i will say in the book this is one of the books by andrew louise but in other books by andrew louise they talk about the fact and other and scientists have said this also is that we use very little of our brain and as the earth advances right now we are a planet of atonement we are beginning advancing to a planet of regeneration to a new era which interestingly enough i have heard other christian prophets talk about we are going into a new era and it's going to be one in which you know there's better people and there's more people are spiritual which is all as also said by spiritism now one of the ways we do this is they are re the spirits under the under the command of Jesus Christ, the governor of our planet, is reincarnating more advanced spirits into our earth. Now, this could be people on earth that are reincarnating who are already somewhat more spiritually mature. And these could also be people from other planets who came from a higher level planets to show us the way. So that's why, especially at this stage of our earth and our advancement, it is not a good idea to interfere with the communication sets of your brain. Okay. Um, the ochre pigment observed by human science with no detailed definition is known in the spirit world as the factor of fixation, as if enclosing the mind within itself. When the mind distances itself from the renewing activity in which life is expressed and advances, becoming denser or scarcer in the human sphere in accordance with the mental attitude of the spirit during the length of time of its corporeal existence. So becoming denser or scarcer in the human sphere in accordance with the mental attitude of the spirit. So you can you can make your brain more connected to the spirit world. You can increase the power of your brain by studying uh, the spirit world, studying spiritism, becoming a nicer person, becoming less stressed. I wrote a whole book, How to Live, inner peace through spiritism where you can get more harmony in your body and let yourself grow and become a more um, less stressed harmonious person your vibrations will be all smooth and again under Luis said that when we get higher into let's say a plan of regeneration and beyond our brains will will be unlocked this area in our brains will be unlocked we'll be able to more communicate with the spirit world and this will be a wonderful thing right now on this planet of atonement we all have pre-planned trials and many of us who have been in higher levels in heaven or a higher level maybe even the lower zone we work with our spirit uh guides and we decide what we need to do and then we we work through that blueprint when we come to earth but when we become a plan of regeneration, I don't know at what stage, because there's always different stages within every category, we will work more and more with the spirit world and what we want to do on earth. We won't have, I do not believe we'll have a completely 
pre-planned blueprint. We will go in life and then we will we will coordinate with our spirit mentors what we should be doing in, in maybe certain major steps of the way. We will have more freedom of action. It is the same as a child in elementary school. They have no choice. At 10, 15, they, they learn math and then the next one, right? In middle school, et cetera. But this is more like when you're in college where you can say, well, I kind of want to study this, right? I want to go through this period of study. I think this will help me. And they'll talk and you'll talk like you talk with your counselor and they'll agree on that. So we, as we become more mature as here on earth, humans will become and spirits us will be given more responsibility. Now, the next section is reflex arcs. Once the nerve centers in which the physio-psychosomatic forces are interconnected have been established, the reflex arcs are organized in the animal kingdom, establishing the flexion reflex, which entails the flexion of a member struck on its surface by stimuli of various origins. The phasic reflex, which interacts with the self-defense system, is the removal of pernicious stimuli, mild tactic reflex, demonstrated in the contraction of a muscle as a response to the extension of its fibers. The various postural reflexes, the multiple segmental and intersegmental reflexes, with their characteristic arcs. So what he's saying is we have these reflexes that are defense mechanisms. It's like, you know, when a baby's born, they, they curl their hands and their toes, right, to grab onto something so they're safe. Like, like a, a baby monkey also will grab onto something or use their tail. Um, th those are reflexes that are in there that have been pre-programmed by our paraspirit into our body. So now the formation of the senses. In the body of the higher animals, the masterpiece of the supervision and construction of the architects of the spirit over the course of the centuries, the, frag the fragmentary consciousness refines the senses. After a long period of labor, touch is consolidated as the essential cutaneous sense spread over the entire skin. The skin thus becomes a receptor surface with various nerve endings that are remarkable for their extreme complexity, from simple branching to specialized corpuscles located within the dermis, utilizing special cells in incessant communication with the brain so that the constant tactile sensations may defend the patrimonies of life. So we're always there, right? We're always on. With trained attention, the animal in the physical and extraphysical spheres uses reflex activities to produce various substances that excite its receptive centers, defining the so-called chemical senses that are accumulated in smell and taste. In the only fact in the smell, those are the basal cells, um, the gustatory buds formed by the epithelial sporting cells are associated with the small salivary glands, register the substances meant for nutrition. So you have smell and taste. All these things are created for us in order to survive and thrive on the planet Earth. And that's why they need different teams of people on each planet. Because as each planet is formed, it has small different differences, or maybe some large differences in other planets. And therefore, as they create life on the planet, each each life form has to have its own unique characteristics in order to survive within that environment and the parameters of the planet. So much oxygen, so much nitrogen, so much sunlight, so much heat, etc. Now, sight and hearing. 
The marvelous sense of sight starts allowing for the formation of images of objects on the retina. According to the particular dioptric lens system, improving the light receptor cells whose nerve impulses reaches the optic tract, transporting the captured images to the depth of the brain, where the mind incorporates its own interpretation and analyzes them, forming observation for the archives of memory and of experience. The sense of hearing founded on a complex organ is consolidated in the inner ear, protected by the outer middle ears. There, the collocular duct divided into three compartments meet the evolved cells of the organ of corti and the acoustic nerve fibers in charge of transmitting the sound waves. So again, he's talking about this is all done so that our paraspirit connected to all of the cells of our body, we uh, have enough senses to survive and thrive on this planet. Now, as an example, what we've been told in one of the, again, one of the books by Andre Luis, is that our senses, we only sense 25% of the world around us. So therefore, they gave us a, an inferior vehicle. Why? You know, we don't have the same senses as a spirit. Now, let me give you an example of that. In an NDE, um, this man went to a library, a universal library, and he as he was leaving the library, and he was in the table in the middle of, of the library, and he had his head kind of off to an angle to a pillar across the hall. And he, he, pulled, he pushed back his chair. And of course, the sound of the wood on the wood floor made a noise. And he heard the noise bounce off the column back to his ear, and he could tell the milliseconds difference between when the sound hit one ear, which was closer to the column, and the sound hit the other ear, which was a very insignificant further distance from the column. That's how sensitive. And the same thing with sight. Chi uh, Bao Owen's mother told him about sight. Just, you can stand on a mountain. You can just see as far as you want. The things kind of start, you know, uh, becoming hazy as you're into a, a different area within the spirit world. But you can you can see detail much more than you can see here on earth. And that goes with everything. So why did they why did they kind of give us blinders? Why did they 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 gave us an artificial construct, like a governor, right? Like on a governor on an engine. You can't rev it up too high, you'll you'll ruin the engine. Well, it's there so you can't go too fast, right? We're here and this these type of things give you the clue why you're on earth you're on earth because we need to, to react to stimuli to change our character and our personality we're not on earth to become great athletes right hit, hit the home run every time or you know be able to pitch or you know play football better than anyone else because we have such great acuity of senses no we're here to change our character and therefore, we're given just enough to, to make us survive on this planet, but not enough to take our focus away from more important things. Okay. Under the guidance of sublime intelligence, each sense is installed in a special organization formed of various apparatuses and implements. The entire brain is also organized into various lobes with a vast reserve of resources for the future. Again, so he restates that from, from other books. 
when the nascent soul and the instinctive activity of building its own vehicle will turn itself into an awakened conscious capable of utilizing the forthcoming advantages offered by the divine wisdom. So here we are promised in the future, our brain will be more powerful. We'll be able to communicate with the spirit world in a more advanced manner. That will be pretty exciting. Okay, uh, the next section is the prodigious microcosm. With time, the spiritual guidance of life finally manages to organize the automatist nervous system more efficiently, regulating and coordinating the visceral functions. Thus, the afferent and efferent visceral intervention and the coordinating centers, the sympathetic and parasympathetic systems, and the pre and post ganglionic fibers, Langley in parentheses, are carefully structured. In, with the neurons acting as electromagnetic pathways, communication between the spiritual command and the organic realm. Now, remember too, and you could read this if you look at people's near-death experiences, right? The acting as electronic, electromagnetic pathways of communication between the spiritual command and the organic realm. Everything you think, everything you see, you feel, not just what you say, not just like, it's not like the spirit world has a camera on the outside always watching you. No, the camera is right in your brain. It's, it is recording everything you do. There's nothing your intent when you do something, everything is recorded. And that's why when they have these life reviews, people say, I was like in a 3D movie. I was there. Not only could I know my hear my own thoughts, but I heard the thoughts of it of other people. That just shows you the complexity of the spirit world where they can record everything and they can pull it back in a moment's notice and say, Oh, let's play this, let's play this one this scene back and and what everyone else was thinking when they were talking to you. Imagine how long it would take the, how the trillions and quadrillions of records of every thought. I mean, this, you know, that would fill up every server on the earth to probably one person for one day of every thought and feeling. But they could just pull it back and look at it. It just shows you how far advanced the spirit world is. When we, you know, we think we're advanced on earth, we're nothing. And in fact, I read a count of one near-death experience where they said, yeah, we, you know, we want you to go back to the earth. So the guy said, well, I'm not sure I want to go. Goes, well, let us show you what happens if you don't go. And then they showed him what would happen to his sister, and his mother, and his father, how their life would not be as productive, and some of them would go really on a downward path. And to the, him, it was like a real thing. So again, you have this computing power where you can say, okay, let's change the variables. And this is what the world will look like. And this is what people will think is what will happen if you don't do this one thing, like go back to earth. And he thought, I go, oh, I need to go back. I can't let my sit down, my parents and my sister like that. I love my sister and my parents. And so that is the power. Think about how far advanced they are. And so therefore, us being here on earth in this this physical body kind of in this you can look at it as a simulation it's real to us right this is an, uh, an objective dimension we live on right the wall is the wall our head is our heads are head we can break our arm right we, we can't change things if we don't like it whereas in the spirit world it's subjective 
you don't like your house, you can change your house with thought. You don't have to rebuild your house with hand labor if you're high enough spirit. Not yet, need to go ask your higher spirit friends to help you change your house. But you can change a lot of things by thought. So that just shows you where we are in the scheme of things. It is marvelous. And of course, here we, we created this, this physical this physical body for us and they gave us connection to the spirit world but it's not as good as connection as if you were in the spirit world because then if you're in heaven you just feel that connection all the time you feel that love all the time and here on earth you're kind of alone but you're never really alone you always have spirits you know your your guardian angel around you connected to you but it's not the same and i understand why people feel lonely because it is so different than the spirit world where you just feel connected right everything you can through telepathy you can talk to other people you can send them images to them but now why is that why are we kind of disconnected well again that is one of the reasons why we're on earth is to kind of give us blinders and kind of cut off things and can concentrate on what concentrate on reforming our character personality that's why you're on earth it's not to make a million dollars or a billion i guess now not to be on the biggest yacht not to have the best the newest tennis shoes, etc. It is to reform and transform your character and personality, get rid of those primitive emotions, hate, jealousy, anger, envy, and to replace them with love and charity and fraternity. Okay, I'll carry on. Uh, let's see, next page. Oh, so he's actually saying so. The special nerves function like broadcasting and receiving stations, manipulating the mental energy projected or collected by the mind, which acts constantly in the realms of sensation and thought and the connections and pathways that human science have barely begun to perceive and acting in the other centers of the spiritual body and the physiological areas that configure them in a semantic vehicle by means of reflex circuits. In the diencephalon, an essentially sensitive and vegetative area, one of the most primitive parts of the central nervous system, the crown center as the luminous fulcrum interconnects with the cerebral center expressed in the cortex in all the mechanisms of the cerebral world. And from this combination of forces, the spirit finds in the brain the seat of command for the energies that serve it as the tool for expressing its sentiments and thoughts with which in the scheme of responsibility and self-choice, it will form in space and time its own pathway of ascension toward God. So, now, so your brain is this finely tuned instrument, not as good as the spirit, but it works for what you need it to work. It's like you're a go-kart on a go-kart track. You can't have the go-kart too powerful. You'll kill all the other go-karts and you'll run off the track. It just works for the environment you are in. Now, and he says, and then it will form in space and time its own pathway of ascension toward God. So you are put into this body periodically, right? Each incarnation, so you can work on your character and personality. And you can ask, well, why? Why do we have to? Can't they just tell us to be good people? Well, they can, but do you listen? And we're stubborn beings. Remember, we came from primitive from more primitive animals, right? And so we have this urge to take what we want, eat what we want, be dominant. And therefore, 
we have to kind of round out that, kind of replace that with other emotions. Now, the other thing that people sometimes ask about the brain is this, if you're, if you have some really bad brain and, uh, injury and you are reduced to be, you know, almost unconscious or barely functional, what does that do to your spirit? The answer is your spirit's the same. In fact, people who are born in very reduced capacity, they could be extremely intelligent. They could have been, a, you know, a scientist in their last life. But for some reason, something they did, they needed to come back to Earth as much more limited. And that's why if you meet somebody who's like, ah, oh, that guy's kind of stupid. You know, you got to think to yourself, well, yeah, maybe this life. He may not be the brightest bulb, but in a previous life, he could have been much smarter than I ever was. And in fact, you know, when you see someone who's very disabled, then you should say in your mind, God bless you, uh, and give them a little prayer in, in your innermost thoughts because they're going through a hard trial. And it's certainly just because they look very limited on earth and this stimulus and this simulation of physical life doesn't at all reflect of what they are in the spirit life it does reflect what they needed to go through in order for them to improve themselves that's all it reflects that's just a lesson just like you have to take a math class how does that reflect you well you needed to learn about math the same way with the people who are severely uh limited so that's why it's important you understand that it's important that and it's hard, but even for me now, I still look at people and my first instinct sometimes, I'm hopefully getting a little bit better, is to, is to make judgments based on what they look like. And of course, that is not the, what we're supposed to do. Everyone is, is uh, unique and wonderful people on their own. And what they are in spirit is, you know, is different. It's you cannot judge a book by its cover, as the old saying goes. What is inside that person, which is you kind of go through that person, through their perispirit, into somewhere in the spirit realm, that is really what is important. And no, no matter, you know, and this even goes for spirits, let's say, who are like petty criminals, like who mug you or rob or rob you, something like that. They're just, they're, you've been there. Most probably, I'd say it, you've been in that area where you've done those same things, but you've, in, in subsequent life incarnations, you've learned how to do that. Well, that person is more spiritually immature than you are, and they will learn, they will learn the same thing. They will learn that, eh, it's not a very good idea. It, you know, it's not worth it, and you're not going to, you're not going to uh, um, rise in the spirit hierarchy by doing that. So if you would like to know more and learn about Spiritism, I'd recommend, I have Spiritism 101, the third revelation. It's on my blog site, nwspiritism.com, and I also have links to it down below in the, in the comment section, I mean, in the information section. And I have that in PDF. So, and then of course, and it costs you nothing. Of course, I also have it on Kindle and paperback and audio format. So that's if you're in, if you're just new to this and you're learning about spiritism, I recommend that. Of course, then I also recommend that you uh, 
download in PDF. You can also again buy this on Amazon. You can get this Alan Kardec's Spirits book. Some people, it's kind of dry. It's a thousand nineteen questions. Alan Kardec codified Spiritism by by asking a thousand nineteen questions to different spirits in different geographical areas, uh, different mediums. I mean, the mediums did not know about each other, and he did not use the answers unless they were the same or similar. So it wasn't just one person talking to one manifestation of a spirit. He was, and this was all all arranged and organized by the Spirit of Truth, as promised by Jesus Christ. I will send you a consoler, the Spirit of Truth, to tell you more. And they did in 1850s. Why did he tell us more in 1850s? Because the society, culturally and technology, we were ready to learn more. And this is what's great about Spiritism. We're learning more all the time. Spiritist mediums, such as Chico Xavier, gave us this book, Evolution of Two Worlds, which goes down into deep, deep detail. Jiva Owen, Spirits Talk to Him, gave us even more detail. As we become more technologically advanced and culturally ready, we will learn more. It's dynamic. Spirits tell us that the New Testament and the Old Testament are, are you know, were, were good for the times they were. Now, the messages of love and charity and hope and fraternity are are infinite, right? For are eternal. But a lot of things, when you read the Old Testament, there's pretty mean things. You know, go to that town and kill everybody. If you don't kill everybody, I'm gonna get mad at you. Is that something we want to do? No. But that was that was pertinent to that culture at the time where you need to learn to take orders and don't question it. Later on, as you get more mature. We'll, we'll work with you. And that's what Jesus came. He came with more, yeah, you need love. And, you know, and then now the third revelation is they're giving us a lot of information so we can make and act and decide on our own what we want. This is important. We are being given um, more responsibility, more, more information and more responsibility. So if you'd really like to understand the spirit realm, when I talk about Subjective, subjective, sublime. What are the capabilities of a spirit? What is our earth really for? How do you ascend as a spirit? If you really kind of want to understand all of that, I have, I have quite a few books, but this might be a good one to kind of it really gives you the spirit realm and it it it's revealed the reality of our existence. I talk about the physical universe, the spiritual universe, the spirit, Jesus Christ how you ascend, why you're here, how you're guided, how the future is guided, what the future is ready for us. It, 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 I, take it, I take it all and kind of compile everything from my other books into this, this one thing that kind of doesn't dive completely as deep as my other books, but gives you an overview of the spirit realm and why, what we are in relation to it. And the more you understand why you're on earth, why you're here, you go through bad times. We all have. I have. And when you find out like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I went through that bad time because I must have done something like that to somebody else. And then you just learn to grow with it, right? You don't fight it. You don't stress over it so much. And you start taking time, you meditate, and you start understanding why you're on earth. And once you, once you know that, and once you know that you're immortal, you can't die. And, you know, this body of yours is just temporary. You know, I always compare it to like a ride at Disney World or Disneyland. You go on, let's say, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And you've got these cars that some, some are 
pink and blue and black and red and they're called different names and you get into that car and you ride that ride and it seems like a long time when you ride, but really it's probably like a minute right mr tills wild ride is very fast and then you get out of the car and the car goes and then you get into a different car you don't never know what color car you're going to get into it's the same as the human body it doesn't make a difference that's why these you know people who will concentrate on victims and who did what something wrong in the past others they're they're wasting their time they you're born to the body and the class and what you have your physical attributes for a purpose that is to learn what you need to learn given the circumstances that you were born into so don't worry about being a victim or trying to be safe the earth is not a safe space the earth is a place to learn and to really reform your personality and your character how can you do that if you're always safe if you're in the your room hugging a teddy bear that's why they need this physical presence because people in heaven is a wonderful atmosphere. People you love, you're immortal, you're never sick, you're young, you don't age. And yet, these people who made one of the levels of heaven still come back and incarnate on earth. Why? Well, because heaven isn't an optimal place to really give you the stimuli to change your character for the better. There could be small things, you know, there could be small little uh, character quirks or just you know kind of outlooks like i don't like people with you know who are left-handed that you need to change and you don't you don't have that stimuli in heaven I mean, you have lost stimuli in the lower zone in the dark abyss which are kind of like the purgatory but even then the spirits tell us that earth is the place you really want to transform yourself that's the most efficient because you're in this vehicle. You're in one of these Mr. Toad wild cars that's made for that ride for you to get the most use and enjoyment out of it. You know, enjoyment can be a two-edged sword, but if you can learn and look at things correctly, you can enjoy the ride. So that's what I say. Laugh at the bad things that happen to you. Learn from them. Know that, oh, did I do that? Right? I mean, I, I've lost piles of money two times when I worked for a, a company that was bought out. And then finally, I was told about some of my past lives where I stole from people and I was in positions of power instead of helping people. I, I stole from the public, you know, like, oh, okay, now I understand. I'm not allowed to be wealthy, which is perfectly reasonable. I accept that. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. So anyway, I want to say good night and God bless you. And I come here uh, hopefully every Sunday and Tuesday live. So please hit the bell, hit the like button, and subscribe. And we will talk to you another day. And please share this. And, and actually, more importantly, talk to people about spiritism and yourself. Learn about spiritism. Learn about why you're here. It will help you. God bless.